0: Hello oh, and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! For AW my AW Rampage pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, round table discussions, and a round up of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hample and Sidgwick to look ahead to Raw tonight and the go home show for the Red Brand ahead of Night of Champions.
1: Yeah, you have sent us the lineup, as you always do, for our podcast prep. And I uh, was filled with anxiety because myself, my esteemed colleague, we're traveling to Las Vegas tomorrow. Oh, hang
0: on. Oh, my God.
1: And I look at this card, just not sure when I'm going to be able to fit in watching it because it's such an <laughs> early start. It's so good. And I'm thinking, well, what if the airport doesn't have Wi-Fi? Like, where are me and Sidgwick together? Definitely going to go to watch it on my phone sharing a headphone, which will definitely <laughs> do because it's just so stiggity, stiggity, stiggity stacked. I just don't know at <laughs> what point during that long travel day I will find the time. And it's... You'll watch it on the metro on double speed like a mark. <laughs> yeah, but then like... Wait, 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 wait.
0: And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie?
1: I'll tell you, Bobby. I'll tell you where the f***ing lie like, is. The lie is in the Newcastle stations, Gatehead, Central, Monument, et al., where the signal drops. So you need loads preloaded in the yeah. stream, otherwise you're not good. And I kind of... Be like on the hook for the latest and greatest action from WWE Raw, while the little circle's going round, gets a trip off on the wrong foot, doesn't it? It does. I. Um, <sighs> we should
0: mention what's going on here. If people have just randomly tuned into this one, just told them you're going to Las Vegas, but well, what for? Double or nothing. There you go. And you're going to Dynamite.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rampage. All going well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all going
0: well.
2: Uh, I try not to be a cynical, jaded podcaster. That's, that's a lie, <laughs> <laughs> but it. When you are sending me the notes for what's on the docket for tonight's show, it's it makes it so difficult. The contract signing, where I'm pretty sure Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch are just going to run over the story beats in a exposition-heavy promo exchange. And then I think Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes might get pulled apart when they try under to brawl. the
0: same roof.
2: When they try to brawl by security, so who
1: knows? Who knows?
0: I didn't get that weird verbiage from WWE last week. Well, they've done that. On, they've been
1: on the, under the same roof on numerous occasions now. Yeah, it's the um, it's from the Chris Jericho twenty twenty school, yeah. isn't it? Of going down and like searching for synonyms of where to say we're meeting up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna go down. Yeah, uh, the, the Trish the and Becky face off loads for the stuff on SmackDown.
1: The Trish and Becky stuff before Trish puts Becky through the table. I think we'll focus on Becky signing the contract and saying something like, "Why don't you take my signature home to your daughter? I know she's been looking for it, I'll say, like that something end. along those lines." Like, and they like, "That's signing with a crayon," or or that
0: daughter's crayon.
1: Yes, Becky Lynch has acquired the crayon of Trish Stratus's child. <laughs> the baby <laughs> face in the story yeah. is another home invasion. <laughs> but yeah, and that leads to a brawl or whatever. And then Trish puts her through a table to show that she's still got it. And Becky Lynch is in trouble. <sighs> in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, is there
0: anything else? Anything other? I, I promise you, I've got some a little surprise for you in a while. Um, so be good. Um, but, yeah, anything other than uh, just a real complete uh, locker room entering brawl from Cody and Brock? There's not really a lot else you need to do to set up this for, for Saturday, I suppose, is there?
1: Nah, Cody's promos have kicked ass. Like, I don't think he's had that, like, much material to work with, in truth. Like, after the It's the Lesnar
2: program. They're all the same.
1: They are, and the Backlash match, like, like to be fair, he's done well with that finish. To make it still matter because it was the worst of both worlds. He'd got his win, so theoretically, end of feud, vindication gained. He ran away like a complete loser creep. So he had to talk around that and then make it seem like, well, I'm ready to, you know, I'll fight you again. I've wrestled you now. I've wrestled you then. I'll fight you now. Any kind of combat. Just because you put me through a table, I'm, I'm. I'm Norfolk's maddest man all over again, instead you know, instead of just moving on to the business of trying to finish the story and get his bailed. So I kind of have trust in them both. Brock's good at this sort of chaos, mm. and Cody's great at talking me into one to watch one more match. So you've got two of the better performers in this situation, but they've got to it's I've said this about Cody for weeks. They've got to elevate kind of rubbish material.
2: They've got to rubbish, uh, not They've got to elevate what is not merely rubbish material, because it's not quite rubbish. They've got to elevate the only stories that they tell with Brock Lesnar for the last, coming up to, 11 years. All they've done with the Brock Lesnar heel mercenary character is pull apart security brawls, the sense of carnage, and it's weird. It's like the Shooting Star Press, where it's like, yeah, it's impressive. And... You know, the physical action spectacular, nominally. But uh, I've seen it a million times, and I know exactly what's going to happen, and it's a WWE template. And for, I would say, about six months of those 11 years, they deviated from the formula. Big banter, Farmer, Brock, vehicular destruction. That was really fun, but that's over with now. And that and time he chinned Cena and bloodied him up.
1: Yeah.
2: I think everything's been a diminished return from then. Yeah. Like, realistically. That was the one, wasn't it? The only time I've been like, oh, Christ, what... Well, on several occasions, I've watched Brock Lesnar with the, oh, you're killing him, and that's awesome. So maybe you'll surprise us tonight with a particularly disturbing beatdown, something like the ricochet squash, or like lobbing a chair in someone's
1: face. it's yes, not a good week to be security, is like it? Like
2: tossing a security guard all the way up the ramp on the other security guards Does by his belt. luddy
1: bloody up Cody's back by whipping him so hard with a weightlifting belt? <sighs> Buckle first. Right across the back, like the MJF, Aye, MJF lashes stuff. Yeah. Cody was incredible at summoning the emotion off that when Wardlow hit the death blow. Brock could do that.
2: It's just lacking a certain spark. Mm. It's I just mean, Brock is a heel. Seen it for 11 years. It's like you don't want to ever think of Brock Lesnar. It's you know, when you think of like a Dolph Ziggler match and you think, Jesus Christ, this fella's been at it for like a decade and a half. It's good, but who could possibly care? I kind of feel like that with Brock Lesnar, which should be impossible.
1: I mean, you're not the only one. He doesn't draw in the way he used to, does he? Do you remember the days when like, he used yeah. to pop the numbers and that's, that's gone? And, and he used uh, to
2: read it when he still cared. He still cared because you're a mark. But I used to read yeah. it when he still <laughs> just about cared. Maybe not so much. But you thought, all right, okay, well, you know, this guy might get a push. Go over that bloody Brock Lesnar ruining everything. All right, it's a massive draw. <laughs> <laughs> He's better than anyone in kick pads, yes.
0: artistically and commercially. Get used to it.
2: Get with the program, kid.
0: Uh, But this is the road to Night of Champions, and there's a six-man involving numerous people who are going to be heading there. Imperium, obviously, Gunther is going to be defending his IC title against Mustafa Ali, uh, against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and a mystery partner. Who could it possibly be?
1: Riddle. Oh, yeah. I'm super looking forward to this. (laughs) Really, really looking forward to this. So, yeah, at the moment, one of the games you can play with WWE is to spotlight the wrestlers that draw any reaction from these deathly quiet crowds. Typically, Zayn and Owens are them because you're instructed to care about those on the road to WrestleMania, and they've been fighting champions. Last week on Raw, in a bit that I earnestly quite liked, Roman Reigns set Paul Heyman to task, finding every heel he can generate a business relationship with to beat up the champions, to kind of like mask Roman's cowardice in the face of this challenge. That was a nice bit because of, Obviously, the Judgment Day uh, kind of like run raw as the heel stable, but Imperium immediately feel like they might take that spot, send them all against the champions, and now you've got this match to pay it off. Uh, Riddle and Gunther is just an intoxicating possibility. So the first proper exchanges between those two mm. in a very WWE go-home show way of them being in a six-man scene, like, it's not for right now, it's not for Night of Champions, but you know it's coming and you know it's going to kick AS. So getting those little glimpses as well, I just think this will be a hot match in front of a hot crowd. And WWE hasn't, despite the rosters, hasn't got them at the disposal. So this is genuinely one to look out for, I think.
2: The They like the multi-man action. They don't like singles wrestling matches until the finish, but the benefit of trios matches is that they rule and they are all action and there's plenty of saves, um, plenty of big moments, not much building goes on, but that's fine. And yeah, they should get off of this in uh, the partners, Matt Riddle. It makes all the sense of the world. They've aligned with him before. Mm-hmm. It's almost pointless doing a mystery partner gimmick because if the WWE fans were discerning and capable of disappointment, <laughs> they may turn around and say, ah, oh, Riddle literally just teamed with him at the last pay-per-view. But they did the work, I guess, in the Battle Royal last week to link Gunther and Riddle so they could draw them even closer together depending on the outcome here at all NXT 2019 your mileage may vary on that
1: <laughs> i could see um mustafa ali being beaten up backstage and riddle taking his place Cause okay so got the ali gunther match and maybe the idea is that imperium have been set on him cuz gunther's a touch worried like ali did well winning the battle royal last week he's kind of an underdog but mm. they could play to that a little bit um Because then you've got this idea, well, like, does Ali not look like a bit of a bitch if he's not been picked for the tag team when he's fighting for the title on Saturday? But that would kind of write around that as well Mm. to to slot Riddle in, because Riddle's the real quiz in the Gunther. ah, Gunther will beat him, but he's the real quiz as a challenger compared to Saturday, which is almost just like this cool novelty thing of, I wonder Mm. how good a match they can have considering this character's a complete joke.
2: (laughs) They could have Riddle volunteer and then Mustafa Ali at the last second goes, I'm going to do it. And then because Triple H is weird... (laughs) looks <laughs> books weird all heel matches Ali could just not tag in at any point and then because he doesn't do that one of Sammy or Kevin takes the pin and he set up a match with Imperium
0: for the tag titles at some point they did a really good job I will say last week of yeah, having gone from us here going why have you burnt through the Imperium tag match already to suddenly being like oh it's not just the Usos who could take these tag titles off Zayn and Owens, they've got multiple teams coming after them now, like you say, with the help of Roman Reigns setting everyone on them.
1: I can't, w- I really hope Sammy and Kevin win at Knight of Champions. Like, I'm really interested in that match. High stakes, the result will matter. Yeah. I'm super into that. I really hope they win, not just because I think it's a better development in the bloodline story, but. I think it's a pretty good tag division on mm. both sides. There's like a number of different combinations of matches I want to watch f- for the titles now that they're with fighting champion baby faces. And we've not really yet explored that because they've still been tied to the bloodline. You start that now
0: after this match. So, what you're saying is some great tag team contenders on Raw and some great tag team contenders on the other side. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. <laughs> Little bollocks. <laughs> a top of bollocks.
1: Dub, dub. Eat. <laughs>
2: I was talking about a podcast. (laughs) Not the fame. Not the actual company. It's all about stupid jokes. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com
0: covered. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, you mentioned, and I haven't really had a chance to talk to you guys about this, because I was recovering from serious injury on oh, Tuesday. Yeah. Serious. <laughs> if You might call it a knock.
2: Yeah. anything th- broken or strained? Sprained, Sprained. maybe. Funny, I, I had the colour got, palette got, of Cody's
1: titty, but not the recovery. <laughs> <laughs> like he's
2: just got a bruise. <laughs> um, I'd be so miserable about it. I would have milked
0: it more than you. I'm not a hard man.
1: Yeah. i a <laughs> pathetic pain threshold I've got.
0: Yeah. But um, are there, well, you've, got, you've got a team uh, on uh, Monday Night Raw. It's a team featuring uh, Finn Balor, uh, Damien Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley, and collectively, they are in
1: the judgment day, yeah. And
0: on the other side, they're recruiting new members.
1: Uh, Worryingly, it appears that way, yes. Um, And if you didn't, if you couldn't tell, if you spotted the Easter egg last week, if Finn Balor (laughs) stood in a carefully lit (laughs) mezzanine that was bathed in purple. Wait a second, was that Finn Balor? Of course it fucking was. You had ages to see him. Uh, it 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 doesn't make sense, this. I'm not a JD McDonough guy, and I don't want him... Interrupting the fun of the Judgment Day. Their chemistry is so It's locked. serious, isn't it? Yeah, they're so locked in, and he's this super serious guy, and Finn Balor recruiting him is playing the most serious version of himself to recruit him. A little bit of me worries that they might think, oh, there's a bit of Judgment Day law where the new leader replaces the old one. Yeah. And J.D. McDonough kicks out Finn Balor, and that's how he gets over. Like, he's sort of, he's you know, infiltrated the, the spot rather than becoming the fifth member. So I don't love it, but let it play out because, for me, because I suppose in terms of an NXT call-up, this is quite an interesting story to give somebody straight away. It's certainly more interesting than I'm going to wrestle Dolph Ziggler, which was the development coming out of the <laughs> Battle Royal. Like that was that's a match that's happening. He's going to get his big statement statement and in inverted commas win over Dolph Ziggler. But the story, like the hottest heel stable on Raw, want you. That's a pretty good spot yeah. to come up to the main roster. On.
2: I'll say it's a bit weird how they've looked at Edge and thought, you know what, this Judgment Day stable isn't really working out because we've got this incredibly serious, off-putting guy who just says big words for the sake of it. Don't need that. Let's get JD McDonough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you know what I mean like why are they doing this
1: Finn has specifically entered his like patter era in order to get this over yeah he's been the best he's ever been in WWE like Stooge and i the shot
0: yeah when they had their little video package of JD I did have a flashback to the bit where he was in NXT hanging upside down like a bat <sighs> and he had the edge the edge uh, forehead vein so he's got at least one qualifying uh, thing to get into this group the
1: most judgement day thing uh, he's ever done was wink in sunglasses and, it wasn't, oh, in, and yeah. it wasn't intended to be funny. It's like they just had him like wink and we can't even see it because he's in aviators. You're sore, you <laughs> so why are you taking the piss? Let me explain to you how eyes work. You know, you're, you're all right, Patrick. We keep
2: seeing the same thing. <laughs> well, why is he winking in them sunglasses? You can't see it. Well, you're sore because you're taking the piss. So why are you taking the piss out of me? <laughs> <laughs> I got off the rails. It was doing all right for a while. You're all right? well, well, you saw it. I don't, <laughs> understand. I don't understand. You saw it. You keep saying you didn't see it, but you saw it. Why are well, you taking the piss? I'm my face up. Hey, Roy I? Keane, aren't Because I? Uh, I keep, whenever you go on Instagram, Roy Keane's <laughs> over on Instagram. So if you scroll you through, well, depending on what your algorithm you go like uh-huh. that, Roy Keane's amazing. So Instagram Reels will show you a lot of Roy Keane reactions. You going to say he's your top keeper? That Pickford, he's got no anticipation. He's not big enough. <laughs> Is he a top player? Not for me. Is that his brand? Just sick of it all. He's like, is that like <laughs> he is, but every now and then he'll crack and like enjoy. Mika Richards partner. has got like the inside track, and hasn't he? Mika Richards knows how to pop him, and he's like, okay. he's kind of been humanized, yeah.
0: in his role as pundit. And it's really quite nice to see
2: I like that. a good chemistry with a boy, Mike Richards. The really already
0: there's hundred percent. A travel in the world with Mika Richards and Roy Keane. i way. I'd watch I'd it. I'd buy. A monthly subscription to a new
2: streaming service. I've got like five. <laughs> I don't need any more. Yeah. I've we need, Netflix, we I've got Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, Fight, WWE Network.
1: I'd rather watch them travel than like a boring comedian and their mum. Yeah. There's a lot of them. That tra- travels with my father. Why? Because a TV company has paid me to. It's <laughs> no, a
0: bad sign as well when you're doing that and your dad's the popper. Yeah. You're meant to be a professional comedian. Are we talking about
1: here? Jack Whitehall, Russell Howard, mm. loads of them. Useless.
0: Um, but WWE kind of blew up my spat last week because I was going to ask every week, "Are Indi Share going to come this week?" And oh. then they just did no, last week. Came now, yeah. dominated. We're in the penile refractory period of Viren is coming.
1: What did you? Is it the
2: afterglow though?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It was a bit a non-event, yeah, wasn't it? Of course like, it was. Wasn't it? Brand wasn't gold. the NXT it was, uh, debut.
2: Anti-climactic. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, because he said he was going to
1: come. to you. yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. It was the main roster version of the NXT debut. Like it always is. Brother. Substantially less
2: excitement. Like just substantially less noise. It's meant back, to be
1: bigger, diluted, more ginger than anybody wants.
2: <laughs> Safer.
1: Yeah, it was the one. <laughs> That's it. What's yeah. The
2: white knuckle rider. Oh, is he going to die?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't really. Yeah, like they've got it in them, but you would imagine the whole point of them looking safer was because they're acting under instruction to not hurt anybody on WWE's second biggest show. So it didn't exactly leave me wanting much more in. Like when I'm talking about the tag division, I'm not thinking of Indie Share. There's yeah. loads of other teams all put in front of that. And,
0: Speaking of NXT call-ups, Zoe Starks obviously on the main roster now. She's got a match with Candice LeRae tonight. How do you see this one going? Very quietly. Oh, yeah. Not through their fault,
1: But just Triple H can't promote stars. Mm-hmm. They're both two of the better wrestlers in this division. But Candice LeRae's booking's been pathetic since she got called pathetic up. Pathetic is Absolutely the word. Absolutely pathetic. Just devoid of any creativity, anything interesting. Um, Zoe Starks, what, like three weeks in and it feels the same way. So she's been given this let the wrestlers wrestle character, but baddie. Like, you wouldn't know. Nikki Cross
0: is just crazy in this story. Yeah,
1: right? you wouldn't know, but she's kind of targeting baby faces over heels. But fundamentally, she's just a good hand, but she doesn't like the goodies. Boo! It's not exactly something to sink your teeth into, is it? And the fans in the building will not, based on evidence. Oh, be like, so cool. It's going to be bleak, man. Yeah. This is going to be bleak. Stark's going to win. The best version of this match between two well promoted
2: characters with a storyline with actual stakes, with two motivated performers that the crowd have been given a reason to connect to. Ceiling on that is is excellent. This will be mid and bleak and quiet, and I'm going to feel sorry for everyone involved.
1: We are critical of AEW's booking of the women's division, but for some balance here, um is so bad as well. It's <laughs> horrific. Zoe so Starks from in terms of like like what like the impact behind her work her best work we could speak of her in the same way we do for like one of those like Jamie Hayter striking contests but look at the difference between somebody even in that division in AEW that's allowed to flourish creatively and given the opportunity and the freedom to just try a few things out and see what fits and forge that connection versus Zoe Stark playing a character with this like robustly scripted but nonsensical dialogue on NXT, and then getting even less than that to build a mm. character on, like, some of their strikes, they're not that far apart, but one's character development versus the other is night and day, and that's even with what little time um, Jamie Hater even gets. Like, never in a million years was I start to be afforded that kind of freedom. Uh, well, we have got a big title match tonight
0: because, of course, un- well, unfortunately, due to Liv Morgan's uh, injury... Uh, her and Raquel Rodriguez have had to vacate the women's tag title, So they're on the line tonight. Raquel's got to find herself a new partner. Incredible uh, that this isn't the talking point of the show. You sh- oh, like, no. You're not leading with this. It's just some business to tie up at the
2: end. It's mm. just a women's title being vacated. You're going to get a title change tonight, and no one cares.
1: You're going to potentially strap up Ronda Rousey. Like, the Ronda Rousey bullet it's, it's points it's being moved. Yeah. Like the Ronda Rousey bullet points being moved, like further and further down the talking points over the years is promotional malpractice. Uh I know she's not been as dialed in, maybe, but I feel like early days in this run, there was just, somebody just needed to have a conversation and then everybody get on the same page and it's like, right, there's some good matches coming your way, we'll book to your liking, find yourself again, it's okay to take time to get back into it and it'll be great and that has never, ever happened and now we're left with this, like a proper mid-card concern at best.
2: I'm not joking, right? If I was in the wrestling bubble and had, and there are people inside it, right? And I knew nothing really of UFC or anything except wrestling. And I'd fallen into a coma in January 2018. And I'd woken up in May 2023 and watched this match on television. I'd have no earthly idea that Ronda Rousey was A, the most famous sports athlete, maybe irrespective of gender at one point on the planet, and had previously embarked on an incredible WWE run for a year. You'd have no idea whatsoever. It's frightening, the process Mm. of what WWE does to its talents, at its worst, to be fair, at its worst. How, how do you do it? How do you make it so banal? Mm. How do you get excited about it all the time, Wilburne?
0: I'm intrigued to see if this is the catalyst for them t- trying to reinvigorate the, the Baszler-Rousey sort of tag team. Obviously, it's had a few rough starts with injuries and what have you. of the belts won't do it. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Mm. F- it feels like it's a given that they are going to win the, the title tonight. Other teams uh, include Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville, who I like them, are a fun pairing. And Eo Sky and Bailey, obviously Damage Catal don't feel too long for this world. So it feels like, unless Raquel can pull a sensational partner out of a, I don't know, maybe.
1: Did it say elimination rules or not?
0: That's a good question. Just, I, don't, like, I was
1: just thinking because I quite like the Bailey and EO rift and not knowing which side Dakota's gonna pick, but there's your split. Like I like getting to see that now. That's where we're headed. And Bailey and Eo Sky with actual emotional investment off the back of this split should be a great match too. So and it's one that'll actually have a story building into it. So I'd quite like them if it was an elimination, I'd quite like them to make the final two and EO to be a really spirited baby face. In the context, of this match against Ronda and Shayna, but then Bailey screwing up, and then Ronda and Shayna pick the bones. If not, um, you could potentially set up uh, a story for Raquel now that Liv's gone. You presume she's going to move back into single stuff. You could set up, you could just overnight create a story by having a mystery partner turn on Raquel, somebody that Raquel doesn't like, but doesn't like that doesn't like Raquel, who doesn't know, and she, I'll be a partner. And then turns on her in the match, and then okay. you've got a story for her because she was looking like a real prospect. Yeah. And it was always just keeping the belts warm with Liv Morgan, truthfully, anyway. So just get on with that. And then you've got, again, you've got like a, st- just a story, just a match that isn't set up pretty much impromptu, but just with a week's notice, like this Candice Lorraine, Zoe Stark one. Emma, like, something like that. Yeah. I
0: don't know if she's even on the right roster, but still. she went to Raw,
1: didn't she, with Midkip?
0: No idea. I can't remember. But no. yeah, I, I think it's a Shayna and Ronda win tonight. Yeah, definitely. Well, now you've done all that, would you like your little surprise? Yeah. yeah, please. So, Sige, recap what we were talking about the other day on numerous podcasts uh, involving the Surrender Cobra. So, I
2: watched Matt Hardy on Rampage a couple of weeks back after the firm deletion, after months of contract nonsense ending in a cinematic match. And then Matt Hardy's challenged... Ethan Page and the guns to a trios match. The stipulation of which is, if Matt Hardy's team wins, he gets control over Ethan Page's contract. Stop doing contract stuff. Even Jeff Hardy said it. And no, hanging a lantern on it does not make it better. In my fragile, hungover state, I did. My body did this to me. I'm not doing a bit. The classic relegation pose where you put your hands on your head and your elbows jut outwards as if to say... Oh, we've been bloody relegated. and Then we subsequently found out through a listener Mm -hmm. that... Sorry, I've forgotten your name. I'm very sorry. I'll dig it out if I can find it. That in America, they call this, oh, my God, the Green Bay Packers. It's not looking good for them. Then the fans know it, too. They're doing the surrender, Cobra.
0: David Esposito. Yes. the goddamn
2: world. The the, the fans know that they're doomed. They're going to lose the best of seven series. They are doing... (laughs) The uh, surrender cobra.
1: <laughs> the best of seven was a nice detail. I appreciate. Sure. We it. have more games than we need in this goddamn country. Could wrap it in one. We're going to Game Eight. First time ever.
2: <laughs> That's impossible. Well, welcome to a bottom America. of the
1: ninth Super Bowl.
0: So I got an email um, the other day about this from Adam McCracken. They're
2: too dependent
1: on the threes. Let's get back to basics and play real basketball.
2: <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> these these jackals will be doing the surrender cobra. All their goddamn lives.
1: <laughs> where are you in the cinch when his base is loaded? That's what you got to be asking yourself. He's a clutch player. <laughs>
0: uh, Adam McGracken emailed me saying, Good afternoon, sir. After the discussion of the Surrender Cobra and the reference to the Michigan-Michigan State Derby, that's the one where they, uh, it was a fumble.
2: Derby, get Derby.
0: it right. And uh, whoever's one of them snatches. Well, one of them snatches defeat from the jaws of victory, basically. I love how
1: them things work in America as well. Like, imagine you like Cedric and I, different teams, son of Newcastle, different cities, all this sort of rivalry, and all this kind of history. you a city now. I thought it was a town. Piss off, now. Anyway, <laughs> ah, it was a town that won it. Aye, 1992, actually. <laughs> um, and it's like we like turned a church into a minster to tick the box. <laughs> this was massive, actually. The smallest church I ever got then, saw. So. Michigan, right? You live in Michigan. I hate Michigan. I'm a Michigan State man. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Uh, I thought it might pop you to know that in college football specifically, lots of rivalry games have ridiculous names or even more often completely ridiculous trophies. For example, the game in question, Michigan versus Michigan State, is played for the Paul Bunyan trophy. Take a look at that. (laughs) Is Paul, uh, Paul, is he the big lad? Yeah. Yeah? Right. Why? But... Big Bunyan. Well, I know what you're thinking, boys. You've looked at that and you've gone, "Well, that must be the only Paul Bunyan-themed trophy in college football." Nope. Wisconsin and Minnesota play for Paul Bunyan's axe. <laughs> play for the axe. Play for the axe. And uh, it's sec-
1: secondary title in progress.
0: Uh, obviously, <laughs> you uh, you read that sage and you think, "Well, can't get any stupid. It's all well and good. Surely that's the only axe that gets played for. Nope, California and Stanford play for the axe! There it is. They're posing with the. the there are.
1: This is oh, like when what's Murray with the good cup. It's like when Murray pulls up like a Scottish football image and like somebody's man of the match and they've won a toaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. So um,
0: there are literally four games named the Battle for the bill! <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Cincinnati versus Miami of Ohio, Marshall versus Ohio, Southern Mississippi versus Tulane, and South Alabama versus Troy. The phenomenon also expends, extends a bit to basketball. Uh, in Cincinnati, we have two bas- big basketball schools, University of Cincinnati and my alma mater, Xavier University, who play yearly in the Crosstown Shootouts. Good. But finally... I imagine that this one will interest you the most is the rivalry game contested between Mississippi State and the University of Mississippi. <laughs> right? You know, in American football, you have the Super Bowl. Well, the uh, the contest between Mississippi State and the University of Mississippi is known as the Egg Bowl. <laughs> The winner of which receives a golden
1: egg.
0: <laughs> Great. So we are packing up this as a wrestling podcast, and we're switching over to college football. Do
1: you remember that American sports deep dive we did that time? Yeah, we found all those team names. It's they just do spot like like Ar- feelers, <laughs> or it's, they just do it better slash weirder in America,
0: <laughs> and I like that about them. But thank you so much for that, Adam McCracken.
1: Thank you, Adam. Thank
0: you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> right. Uh, this has been the Raw <laughs> preview, apparently. Uh, let us know your thoughts on tonight's show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can fi- follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. I will be back tomorrow to review Monday Night Raw, but the Daddy Boys will be hopefully on their way to America. And God bless the United States. So make sure uh, if you are heading to Las Vegas for Double or Nothing, get the for beers. AEW <laughs> Rampage. Uh, make sure you uh, try and catch up with the boys. You're going to be going Bruce. to all the shows and, and what have you, and. Yeah. Uh, reporting from there. Have an amazing time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can't wait. And uh, we will do this again in, oh, I don't know.
1: How, how many, roughly? What oh, it yeah, mean? it might be, <laughs> oof, about... 90! ...before Say we're so. back together.
0: But, yeah, have an amazing time in Las Vegas. Make sure you follow the boys on Twitter to keep up with their movements. But for now, it's been the Raw Preview. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.